1: Joe Burrow says his calf is as close to 100% as it's been since his injury. Let's take our first look at the Bengals contest with the Seattle Seahawks in week six with Locked On Seahawks, Corbin
2: Smith. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It's time for week six's crossover here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Bengals, Locked On Seahawks coming together to preview everything going on with the Seahawks and Bengals in week six. I'm Jake. Let's go along with James Rapine from the Locked On Bengals podcast. Corbin Smith representing Locked On Seahawks. We're going to get into the biggest stories, the biggest matchups and some predictions. For this week six contest at Paycor Stadium, our crossover episodes here in the Lockdown Podcast Network are brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can get a one hundred percent first, sorry, one hundred dollar first deposit match right now at prizepickscom slash slash NFL with promo code on NFL. Guys, big game for both of these teams. The Seahawks with the rare week five buy, they get an extra week to prepare as Zach Taylor referenced in his press conference on Wednesday, joking about a text exchange where the Seahawks have been watching tape for obviously an extra week. But Corbin, is, is Charles Cross the biggest story? That seems to be the biggest story to me for, from my perspective, looking at this game. There's probably a lot more going on from Seattle. So from your perspective, what's the biggest story for the Seattle Seahawks this week?
0: Yeah, it's all about the trenches, and I know a lot of fans were complaining when the schedule came out. Oh, week five bye, that's way too early, but I don't think there is such a thing as too early of a bye. Especially, it seems like early in the season when guys are really getting acclimated to playing four quarters, that injuries happen a little bit more. I'd need to see data on that, obviously, but this team needed a week off with all the injuries they've had on their offensive line. They had all five of their starters either sidelined or playing a different position against the New York Giants. And luckily the New York Giants are terrible. And so Seattle was able to withstand that and win 24 to three, but they badly need Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas back at the tackle position. Stone Forsyth and Jay Curhan have done a valiant job filling in for them. But They are not near as good of players. And going against a team that's got talented pass rushers like Trey Hendrickson, getting Charles Cross back this week is going to be a big deal. Abraham Luke is still a couple weeks away. But getting Cross back in this game, he's practicing today. Sounds like he is trending towards being ready to go coming out of the bye week. And they're also going to have Phil Haynes back at guard, maybe Damian Lewis back at the other guard spot. So there is a chance they could have four of their five starters in this game on the offensive line, which – they have not had four starters or more since the second quarter of the season opener. So that is going to be a huge deal for this offense. to we'll find some traction here.
3: Yeah. I think the biggest story for the Bengals and Jake mentioned it um, and, and has mentioned it, I've mentioned it. We've all mentioned it for the past two and a half months, Corbin it's, it's Joe Burrow's calf. And it, it was funny on Wednesday, Zach Taylor talked for roughly 16 and a half minutes, before anybody mentioned Joe Burrow's calf, which... And that was you, wasn't it? It was me, yeah, because I I looked at my recording, and I'm like, how are we almost 17 minutes in and we haven't mentioned the biggest key to every week for for the rest of time (laughs) after going through this, and certainly until he's all the way back. Burrow didn't say he was 100% on Wednesday, but certainly feeling better. He looked good in practice last week and then obviously had his best game of the season. On Wednesday... He was moving around and doing a lot of the, at least some of the throws, the off-platform throws that we saw him working on back in April, May, during the off-season program, whenever that was. It feels like ages ago. But it's certainly a good sign for Burrow and a good sign for this Bengals team. But to me, the biggest story, if it's not that, and that isn't a huge issue, at least at the moment, is finding their way back to, to 500 and getting to 3-3, three and three, with a bye, and then the San Francisco 49ers looming who most consider the best team in football. So this is a huge, huge game for the Bengals. And, and so that's probably the biggest storyline is as, as, much as Joe Burrow sat here a week ago and called the Arizona game, a must win to me, this is just a, as much of a must win as, as the Arizona game was to get to 500 before that week seven bye.
1: And they will be challenged. You mentioned the injuries plaguing the Seattle offensive line, but they've still overcome pretty consistently. And the run game, at least, hasn't missed a beat. How have they been able to get by without Charles Cross? And how much of a difference does it make getting a couple guys back when they've been surviving without those guys?
0: I don't think that it really makes a big difference in the run game because Jake Kurhan, in particular, at right tackle, is a really good run blocker. And so they've been able to utilize his strengths. They've been able to get Ken Walker, the third and Zach Charbonnet downhill. And what a tandem that those two guys are talk about complementary skill sets and, and those guys both can catch passes as well. So they've got the skill sets. They've got the talent in the backfield. And I feel like the offensive line right now, Andy Dickerson, the line coach, he's the one that deserves the praise right now because they have been playing musical chairs every week. And yet This offense has still been a top 10 scoring offense even without those guys, where I think getting Charles Cross back and having a healthy Damian Lewis and a healthy Phil Haynes really boosts this offense. They have not had the big plays in the passing game in the first four games that we're accustomed to seeing, and I think a lot of it has been by design. Shane Waldron just hasn't trusted this offensive line to be able to protect long enough for some of those deep developing plays. But if you've got Charles Cross back out there at left tackle, you've got two healthy guards, your center's healthy, and they're comfortable with Jake Curran at the right tackle position right now, I feel like there may be more chances where they may take some of those shots downfield. And Geno Smith was the most prolific deep ball passer in the league last year. He just hasn't had the time, and the scheme has not been set up for that this year. But – that is where I think this healthier offensive line can be a huge difference for the Seahawks right now.
3: Yeah, the the Bengals have given up explosive plays in, in all five games. That's a huge point of emphasis, concern, storyline here in Cincinnati as well is the fact that this defense has been as a leaky on the back end and, and with downfield plays and just explosive plays in general, trick plays. A lot of different things have worked. And defensive coordinator Luana Rumo hinting that there could be I don't want to say a a change in starting safety with Nick Scott, but it it does sound like they're going to platoon rookie Jordan Battle and Nick Scott moving forward alongside Dax Hill. So I don't know if it's a 50-50 split. Jake, you know this. They don't do that. Jesse Bates last year played 98% of the snaps. Von Bell, 99. Dax Hill this year, 99% at safety. And Nick Scott, I I think he's going to be splitting reps now with Jordan Battle. Is it 50-50? Is it 70-30? I don't know exactly what it is, but I think we're going to see – multiple safeties uh, play that strong safety spot on Sunday. And so that means that there might be a rookie back there, Corbin, for the, the Seahawks to test deep.
1: And there might be two because we'll see what's going on with Chidobe Abouzier's yeah. back. As yeah. DJ Turner has played a lot of football, you talk about Lou Rumo typically doesn't like rotating guys, especially in the secondary, where Cam Taylor Britt forced his way onto the field, didn't really leave after he had an opportunity when Eli Apple got hurt last year. This year is DJ Turner getting an opportunity, but he's been working in consistently. He had a, to quote Zach Taylor, tremendous training camp and was somebody that James and I talked about consistently throughout training camp in the preseason that has translated to the regular season. He still has occasional rookie mistakes, but has been impressive even in his run defense, which is something we talked about in our film review this week on lockdown Bengals for a guy whose biggest knock was his size coming out of Michigan. But it will be remarkable. I mean, we talked about this early in the offseason, season, James, the, the idea that Jordan battle could unseat Nick Scott sooner than later this season. But, The way training camp in the preseason went, it kind of derailed that conversation. Looks like that could be back in play. And I think that feeds into some of the biggest matchups we need to talk about in this game. Seattle skill players can threaten deep. They have guys that can threaten the intermediate part of the field as well. Kenneth Walker has been fantastic this year. We talked about him yesterday on Lockdown Bengals, one of the best tackle avoiders in the NFL this year. So when we talk about some of these matchups, I think some of these Topic Some of these players we're talking about right now are probably going to come up again. So let's get into those biggest matchups coming up next.
0: This crossover episode of Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Bengals is brought your way by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. And watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on prize picks, I'm selecting Tyreek Hill to surpass 100 yards against the Panthers. Prize picks is an absolute blast each week. And it's an easy way to enjoy daily fantasy without any hassle and land quick winnings. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked in NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's talk about some of those biggest matchups. We've hinted at this quite strongly. Corbin, I think you're going to have one different one that we haven't talked about yet, but I won't spoil it. What do you think the biggest matchup is in this game? For the you know, team.
0: everybody's going to expect me to mention Devin Witherspoon against Jamar Chase, and I think that is going to be really fun, but I actually am going into this game, and I'm looking at Seattle's offensive line against Cincinnati's defensive line because this has been a Bengals defense that has been susceptible to big plays against the run all season long, and they've especially had issues with physical downhill backs. I look at this as a game where, zach charbonnet who's averaging five yards a carry right now ken walker the third is the undisputed starter but this might be a game where zach charbonnet has a little bit of a breakout just because of the issues the bengals have had with physical downhill runners up to this point I think that that tandem of Walker and Charbonnet behind a healthier offensive line, that is a matchup that actually could work in Seattle's favor playing on the road. And if they can get that run game humming, open up some play action opportunities against a secondary that, as you mentioned, James, has given up a lot of big plays this year as well and could have a rookie safety playing. I'm looking at that being a matchup that I think has a big bearing on this football game especially for the Seahawks traveling on the road, playing at the 10 a.m. Pacific time slot, where they've been really good over the years, but the run game is something that travels, and they've been able to do it even with backup linemen in.
1: I will just add one thing quickly to that, is that a lot of these plays for the Bengals, just because I can't go a week without talking about this, have been either backside contain or trick plays. They've given up a backside contain issue for an explosive or a trick play every week. Hopefully, this is a week from for the Bengals' sake that stops, but we'll see if that happens again. James, you were going to jump in, I think, as well. Well,
3: sure. Yeah, I, I think matchup-wise, just looking at this Bengals' offense, you have to go with it. Locked on Bengals listeners know I'm a wide receiver guy, and in Jamar Chase, we don't know about T. Higgins. He was limited on Wednesday. We'll see about him. But Jamar Chase in the Bengals' wins, has 27 catches and has 34 catches over the past three games, and is the offense. He's the go-to guy. And so, how does he match up with with Witherspoon, uh, it's our, uh, reek Woolen? I think he goes by. It's not Tariq Woolen anymore. But uh, w- what about him, right? H- how does he match up with Chase? Well, we we get to see the the Higgins Woolen versus Chase Witherspoon matchup, or is it just Chase versus those guys? Because I like Trent and Irwin a lot but I, I don't like him one-on-one against those guys. And so having Jamar being able to move him around and, and continue to keep the offense humming the way it has and the Bengals wins from a get-the-ball-to-Jamar perspective, I think that's huge for, for how this offense operates because I don't care what front it is. It doesn't matter. I don't expect the Bengals to run the ball 30 times and, and establish the ground game. And so you're going to need your top weapons to get open, and, and Jamar is head and shoulders above everyone, especially if T is out.
1: And how do those linebackers for Seattle play into the middle part of the field where the Bengals continue to, Bengals fans anyway, continue to want to see attacked. Bobby Wagner, of course, one of the best in the game. Zach Taylor talked about him at length on Wednesday. Always fun to watch Bobby Wagner play. But something else that stood out to me, Corbin, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, is it looks like a lot of the, the sack production for the Seahawks, I think it was like eight sacks from non-primary pass rushers, from linebackers, from defensive backs. Is that something you expect to see continue this week, or are you going to see the Seahawks defense blitz Joe Burrow this week?
0: I think that that is one of the biggest question marks going into this game because Burrow was so bad against the Blitz the first four games and then we saw what happened when Arizona blitzed him this weekend and when he's healthy we know that historically he's been really effective against the Blitz the thing is the Seahawks personnel caters so well to it if Devin Witherspoon's playing in the slot you saw what he did in that Giants game he is a menace blitzing from the slot and Jamal Adams is been cleared from concussion protocol, and before he got that concussion, I thought he looked pretty good in the nine snaps he played. So his element with his pass rushing ability, but I think that the numbers, you know, Bobby Wagner and some of those guys getting multiple sacks, part of the reason they were getting sacks is because of what the edge rushers were doing, and that's the other matchup that I want to outline here because – You've got Orlando Brown Jr. now at one of the tackle spots. I look at what Seattle's edge rushers are doing. Boy, Mafe has had a massive leap in year two. Uchenna Nwosu has been really good ever since they got him last year. Daryl Taylor's been the one guy that's kind of been straggling along. They haven't been able to get unlocked to this point, but even rookie Derek Hall had five quarterback pressures in that Giants game. So That is really where the pressure has been coming from, and they have done a good job the last few games of sprinkling in those blitzes, and they're being very efficient with those opportunities. But I don't think this is one of those teams that's going to suddenly become like the Giants where they're blitzing 50% of the time, but they have some real weapons they can utilize. And this could be a game where they're still mixing in quite a bit of that, depending on how Joe Burrow early handles that extra pressure.
3: Yeah, I think that's... Matchup-wise, going to the trenches, this Bengals offensive line, and, and we've talked about it every week for the past seven years. Right? Literally every episode <laughs> in Locked on Bengals history has discussed this uh, Bengals offensive line in one way or yeah. another. Uh, I think they're better this year, but how much better? And I, I think this is a good test uh, on Sunday because it's one thing to to not be able to, to block Miles Garrett consistently or some of these these high-end just freaky freaks that are just on another level than everybody else. But can you handle a really good front that has a lot of different guys to throw at you that might not blitz a ton when your quarterback is closer to 100% than he's been all season. And so I think it's a a really good test. They're at home. So that helps. We'll see. I I think that's, that's part of it so far. I think in the building, they like what they've seen pass protection wise from this unit. Obviously that'll be tested on Sunday run blocking wise. I think they're hoping to improve in that area, so we'll see if they can do that.
1: One guy we haven't really talked about from a matchup perspective, and and you alluded to this, Corbin is Trey Hendrickson has been an, on an absolute tear. That's one of the reasons of getting Charles Cross back for the Seahawks this week, assuming that that trajectory holds up, will be such a massive development. That certainly will be a matchup to watch when the Bengals defense is on the field. But let's talk most important players, and let's let's put a wild card twist on this because the Bengals answer every every week is like Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase or something like that. Well, let, let's try to dig a little bit deeper, Corbin. Who is the most important player that we're not thinking about this week for Seattle?
0: I'm actually going to go way off the mark here. I'm going to mention a player that has not started any games for the Seahawks, but well, he plays well every time he gets his opportunities and part of their rebuilt front. Uh, Miles Adams is a player that I look at going into this game – He's not going to be starting, but they're going to have Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed as their starters. This is a guy that can play nose at 300 pounds. He's pretty effective there. He's athletic. He's twitchy. He can penetrate gaps. He's a solid run defender. And I just look at this as a game where the Bengals' pass pro has been a little bit better, but they've still given up a lot of pressures on Joe Burrow. And I think inside out with some of the other guys around him, I know I'm going way off for wild card here, but Miles Adams had his first quick his first career sack. Excuse me, against the Giants on Monday Night Football. He has consistently been making big plays. So that is a off the radar name of a. It's the latest undrafted developmental prospect that they've really hit gold on that they really like in the building.
1: Love the deep cut,
3: Jordan Battle. If if Jordan Battle is going to be in there, you, you want this under the radar guy. I, I certainly think that's it. Can he be better than what Nick Scott's given them? That's one. I think that you could go a bunch of different ways with this one. And uh, and that would probably be the guy. But honestly, Jake, you could also go tight end. They need yeah. something out of tight end. They need some kind of production at some point, especially because they're going to throw the ball a ton. That's what they do. And they haven't gotten much production there. So that entire tight end room, can someone emerge and give the Bengals some production?
1: I'm going to shout out Andre Yosevash as well. There were a couple of plays where he was close to, getting some some deep targets and there are little rookie things that he needs to clean up i think but he's shown that he might be able to make some pivotal plays in this game if we're looking for a wild card coming up next to finish up the show we're going to talk about what needs to go right for each of these teams to win we're going to get some quick predictions out there and that'll be it for this week's crossover this week's show is brought to you by jace medical Jace Medical believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, during an emergency, and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. What is the Jace case? It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand at home when you need it, and it's simple- because they handle everything from the online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery to ongoing consultation and care. Use Jace Medical so you don't get caught unprepared. And right now you can save $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics using promo or using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: All right. What has to go right? We've talked about some of the biggest matchups. I imagine that some of these will be woven through this discussion of what needs to go right. Corbin, let's start with you. What needs to go right for the Seahawks to win on the road where they have been successful? You're right in the early time slot when they go east, but one of their few losses in recent history was that overtime loss to the Bengals back in 2011, was it? 2015. That was
0: 2015. That was the Thomas Rawls game. That was one of the worst meltdowns in Pete Carroll's time in Seattle. They had a 17 point lead going into the fourth quarter of that game. So, yeah, that was one of the rare losses they've had where they actually played well for three quarters of the game, and then they just kind of melted down. But you look at what the Seahawks have to do in this game. I kind of hit on it a little bit in the last segment, but they've got to be able to run the football in this game against a team that has been vulnerable against. Rushing attacks this year, and I like Ken Walker the third and Zach Charbonnet in this matchup. If they're healthier in the offensive line, which it looks like they're going to be, they should be able to get some things done up at the line of scrimmage, create some push, and get that play-action game going, and this is a young, untested secondary with a couple of rookies potentially going to be playing out there for the Bengals in this game. Geno Smith has not had many chances to hit downfield, but you've got D.K. Metcalf, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba who's waiting for that breakout game. Maybe it happens back in the state of Ohio. I think he is due for that big game. And, of course, Tyler Locke, you've got all these weapons against a secondary that's got some untested young players, and you've got an offensive line that's healthier. So I think those shot off of play action with the run game working. That is a good recipe to win this football game on the road. And on defense, you got to turn up the heat on Joe Burrow, and I'm not saying blitz a bunch because I think it's a blitz at your own peril thing when he's close to 100%, but this pass rush has to show that what they've done the last couple games – against the Panthers and Giants who have pretty poor offensive lines they have to show they can do it against better football teams can they get after Joe Burrow if they're able to do that and get some pressure on him I'm confident that they can defend the run well they actually have one of the best run defense in the NFL right now can they get some pressure on Joe Burrow and maybe force him into uncorking a few throws this secondary is very opportunistic that to me is the key on defense
3: for sure no I I think it's the in the exact reverse for the Bengals offense keep Burrow upright and and let him diagnose where to go with the ball obviously having T Higgins back would be huge we'll see I I think it's up in the air there for sure especially with a bye looming I asked Zach about that and it, it doesn't sound like they're going to admit that it has an impact I don't know why it wouldn't with a fractured rib to one of your best players but he is one of their best players and so getting him back would certainly help especially against that Seahawks secondary now that they're getting pretty healthy. Um, but keeping Burrow upright, that's number one, two, and three when it comes to uh, th- this Bengals offense. And then on defense, I-, I think it should start with the run. As much as we've talked about explosive plays in the secondary, DJ Turner's been great. And so I i, I think it's more Jordan Battle slash Nick Scott. And in figuring that part out, that's a question mark. But if if Turner has to guard Tyler Lockett deep, I don't think that's a huge concern or Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think those would both be really good matchups. Obviously Turner faced Smith and Jigba in the big 10 being from Michigan. So, and, and playing uh, for Michigan. So to me, stopping the run for this defense, that's gotta be the key. And it was the key last week, but if you can do that, make the Seahawks a bit more one-dimensional, you you obviously hope that Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard, this pass rush can get after Geno Smith a bit. And uh, especially if, you know, cross coming off of injury, maybe he isn't uh, full speed, or, or you know, has a, a few rusty snaps. Because it only takes a couple to make an impact.
1: Going to be very interested to see how the Bengals match up with a seemingly traditional Seahawks, vintage Seahawks defense, where they're they're cover three heavy, they're cover six heavy, they're playing middle of field close quite a bit. The Bengals historically have picked apart middle of field close stuff. It'll be interesting to see if there is an adaptation or if the Seahawks kind of do what they do, and if the Bengals can get after those seams and those sidelines against those middle of field closed defenses that we're expecting, to, I'm expecting to see anyway. And then the other thing, as I have mentioned earlier, is can they play disciplined against trick plays on the backside of, of some of these running plays, some of these reverses? Can they figure out, at a more consistent level, their protection stuff so we don't get free runners in the A-gap because Joe Burrow, at any level of health, I mean, quarterbacks just don't have much of a chance against free rushers right up the middle. So uh, that that's a tough, that's a tough ask and, and something they've struggled with. But let's get to predictions, guys. Corvin, you think the, the Seahawks go on the road and continue their 10 a.m. Pacific time success streak?
0: So I'm not going to give my score prediction till the Friday show, but the last that I checked, the Seahawks were three-point underdogs coming into this game. I think that this is going to be a game that is decided – by three points or less I think it is going to be a barn burner because this is a really good Seahawks team but I think that the Bengals are starting to find their stride they had that win that they needed against a Cardinals team that I think is much better than anybody anticipated they were going to be this year at least in terms of the way that they're playing effort-wise so I think this is going to be a very back and forth battle and I think that the Seahawks have a real good chance to cover that and make this, you know, maybe their win by two or three points in this. I think they have a really good shot to win this football game because of their balance on offense. And I do think this defense has turned the corner. I'm not going to say they're a top five unit, but this is not the defense we saw from a couple years ago where, teams were gashing them with both the run game and the passing game. You can see that this is a group that's got a lot of upside that's starting to put things together. And so I think this is one of the most enticing matchups on the entire schedule this week in the NFL.
3: I agree with you. I think the Bengals know the Seahawks are much better than the Cardinals just – through initial film study, I, I got that vibe earlier in the week, and then certainly as they go through install on Wednesday and and, and Thursday, they're going through some stuff. I, I think it's it's going to be a really close game. I think that line is is pretty pretty close to right when you you come to to Vegas and, and look at it from the gambling perspective, but to me. I, I think it's going to be a tight one, a 27-24 type game that could go either way. I'll hold my prediction, too. We'll just do that and, and, and give our predictions on our respective Friday shows. But, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a close one, no doubt. And uh, I'm excited because I'm here at Paycor Stadium. I'm going to be here, obviously, on Sunday. And, and so hopefully we have a close one that, that goes down to the wire. And I'm not sitting in here waiting for the game to end like you usually are when uh, the game is out of hand and it isn't a one-possession game going down to the wire.
1: A couple of close game predictions or thoughts, pr- preliminary thoughts from Corbin and James there. And for those full predictions, make sure you check out the next episode of the Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Bengals podcast, where we will give our final thoughts going into the weekend. We'll have another day of injury reports to look at and see how some of these players are progressing toward a playing or not playing on Sunday. So don't miss those episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we appreciate you watching this week's crossover, where we cover your team every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
2: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.